What up, Clipper Nation, Clappers, <laughs> Los Angeles fans, and abroad fans? Hey, guys, what's up? We're Locked On Clippers, part of the Locked On NBA Network. I'm William the Opinion Updike, and I'm joined every Monday through Friday by my best friend. Positive Chuck Mockler. And we are your local experts, uh, mostly, for the most part, <laughs> on, uh, on the Clippers. We're coming at you five days a week with new content. Guys, if you're listening to the pod, if you're a fan of the pod, Tell your friends. Yeah. If this is your first time listening to, your, listening to the pod, tell your friends right now. <laughs> Who cares? The intro was fire. You know you're going to like the rest of this podcast. Uh, anyways, we got a heck of a show lined up for you today. As always, thanks for listening. We're going to recap the loss against the Thunder, which went down on Saturday. Kind mm-hmm. of a bummer. I got pretty buzzed during this game, so it was still a fun <laughs> watch. Uh, <laughs> we Today is Monday, so we have our weekly segment, The Freshies, where we talk about what's fresh, what, what we'd like to see, you know, some more freshness. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we're going to wrap up with a game preview of tonight's action against the Portland Trailblazers. We've got one and one against them on the season. Kind of a big game. Uh, we're currently on our longest losing streak of the season. Hell yeah. 0-3. Um, this would be a huge win for us. So find out some key things that we're going to need to win, that we're going to need to do to win this game, as well as some matchups and stats galore. <laughs> oh, so many stats. Uh, yeah, all that and more coming up right about now. So, tough loss to the Thunder on Saturday. You know, it's weird. I felt so encouraged by this loss. No, that's what I mean. Yeah, I had a, I had that note in here. Encouraging loss from the Clippers with a question mark. Um, there was a lot of really, really positive play. Yeah. Um, and we kept it super close. I would say... There's only one thing that really lost the game for us. On, are we going to say it on three? Three, two, one. one. Turnovers. turnovers. There are 26 turnovers. Uh, yeah, our worst ton- our worst uh, turnovers of the season. It's actually, I believe, our second most was 25, also against the Thunder. Also against the Thunder. Um, so we have troubles with that Thunder defense, which is not a surprise. You know, they're in the top in the league. They've got a lot of length. Uh, the typical kind of things that, that tend to give us trouble. Yeah, guys, hands in the passing lanes. They're a quick team, too. Yeah. Everyone's very long. Yeah. Um, quick stats for you guys. Gallo led the Clippers with 28 and 7. <sighs> Tobias with 22 and 9. Trez seemingly is on the upswing out of his slump with uh, 21 and 6 off the bench. Also hit a three. Yeah. I think he's at 50% <laughs> now on the, on the season through, through two attempts. Wasn't even a bank. Um, Paul George led all scores. He, he, uh, he plays for the Oklahoma City Thunder, in case you didn't know that, with 33 points. The turnovers did us in, but it was kind of uncharacteristic from a few guys. Gallo had seven. Yeah. Which is a trip. And Bradley had six. And a lot of these, I feel like, were on us. Obviously, they did apply defensive yeah. pressure, but a lot of these were just kind of bad bad passes, poor communication. Uh, and that's something that is always... You, you just know that you can tighten up. Uh, so I guess I get a little bit less down on our guys. You never want to see a number that high. It's, it's weird, too, because it feels like sometimes when something happens out of character for some players on this Clippers team, it happens to, like, the whole team. You Uh, know what I'm saying? Like, these guys don't usually turn the ball over, but instead of getting one game where Gallo does seven and one game where Avery does six, it just mashes into one game. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of frustrating. I agree with that. Uh, Um, Bradley had a good game otherwise, though. Yeah. He had 10, 7, and 4. He was plus 4. Um, he finished. He led the team with assists. This was a huge problem. This game, uh, which was not great. The ball movement uh, left a lot to be desired. This has happened before against OKC, where we've we've moved the ball actually really well, and then um, gone kind of out of sorts against them. Did you, I mean we only had eighteen assists on thirty eight made shots? Yeah, which is, 
I don't want to say inexcusable because, I mean, we did almost win, but, like, against better teams, this is really going to come to light. Like, that's that's a brutal number for 38 made shots. Yeah. 18 assists. Yeah. Your leading assist guy can't have four. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, and he still had a negative turnover to assist ratio. Yeah. Um, so that's... You know, never, never something you want to see. And uh, they've tried to kind of inject Milos into the starting lineup since Lou's been hurt, and he couldn't really find any distribution lanes, which was kind of concerning. But he's also rusty. Yeah, definitely. Um, bench played great. Yeah, bench played really well. This is the first game I think in the last three to five where they've actually been able to outscore the other team's bench. Uh, yeah, which is, I mean, shockingly, the worst stretch of our season comes when the bench isn't playing very well. Yeah, so it's really um, it's really encouraging to see them getting back to form. Um, I don't know. I I thought our starters played incredibly well. Anytime yeah. we get the Tobio cushion, which if you're new to listening to the podcast, <laughs> the Tobio cushion, Tobio being Tobias Harris and uh, Danilo Gallinari, uh, combining for 40 points or more. One being, if you will. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Um, it doesn't guarantee us a win. I would say, actually, at this point in the season, especially lacking Lou Williams, is is a necessity to win a game. We were thinking of bumping it up to, f- to, to 50, 50 in the absence Lou of out. Lou Williams. And this it this did pro- prove true in this game. Uh, they did combine for 50. We were able to stay in the game. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was close all throughout. It never really felt like it was completely out of reach which has been a nice change compared to the last couple games definitely um we actually won the rebounding battle in this game 44 to 40 and we had a couple guys had seven gortat had eight gallo had nine it was good to see kind of the team effort on the boards which i had definitely been lacking yeah a lot of guys uh just close to that double digit number which uh is isn't super common no, for the squad to be honest <laughs> with you a lot of time i'm pretty sure Tobias Harris is still our leading rebounder yeah. um which is great for him but you know overall we got to have more guys kind of step up and yeah. and fill that specifically a big guy fill um, that kind of role Gortat Gortat had 8 which was uh good i guess he did only have five points. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Gortat, we got killed in the paint this game. Uh, we <laughs> nearly got we nearly got outscored by double point, uh, like by double the amount of points we made. It ended up going thirty to fifty four, obviously in favor of the Thunder. Damn, um, I didn't know it was. We watched. I didn't know it was that bad. I didn't quite realize how bad it was either. This has been a pretty through line, I would say, for this team this year. Is yep. the interior defense is uh, is really really poor. Uh, and I don't know, obviously that has something to do with, especially against second units where we don't have a traditional size center. Yeah. Um, f- and first units, you know, Gallo, Gallo is not a good defender. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I'm going to throw think, it out there. Yeah, that's or not Gallo. I'm sorry. I, I'm I Gallo. Like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Gallo is, uh, is a good effort defender, but also not a good, not a, not a good defender. Um, and then what I, what I was actually meaning to say though was Gortat is not a good defender. He's awful, dude. Um, he's king of... The V jump, which is something I just thought of, which is where when someone jumps into you, instead of staying vertical, his body forms a V. Yeah. And they just get the space that he's supposed to be taking up when they jump into him so they can't get close to the basket. He just gives them that space. He almost jumps backwards. Yeah. He's anticipating contact, which I think is good, but he's anticipating it way early and jumping backwards to kind of avoid it, it seems like. Yeah, and I think that that is the stuff that's more troubling. You know, when we got Gortat, I knew that he wasn't like a big rim defender. He doesn't have the type of physicality or athletic ability to really be uh, competitive there. It is disheartening to see him giving up easy shots and like mid-range jumpers. Kyle Lowry. Yeah, and stuff stuff in in the paint. 
Um, so that's super disheartening. I really, I'm not entirely sure, aside from bringing up one of our great G League centers, oh, which we're we going to get into that. Mentioned on the show many times, and we'll talk about some more in our next segment. I'm not really sure how else to really bolster this defense uh, on the interior scoring side. I agree 100%. I don't know. And also, like, I don't know if it's a flaw. I I don't know if it's a flaw of Kalamian's system. I don't know if it's a flaw of just not having the right type of players. The guy. I, I would just think with Gallo and Tobias kind of able to switch that it would be a little bit better. Uh, I don't know if the communication isn't there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you'll watch, if you watch highlights, um, you'll see guys standing. Um, Chilling. St- stand, yes, kind of just standing in the lane and someone going through for the easy bucket right next to him. Yep. That brings up uh, the most effective lineup of the game. Yeah. Which was, was this a meatball lineup? So the, we got a lineup here of Gallo, Harrell, Tobias Harris, Avery Bradley, and Patrick Beverly. And I'm going to go ahead. I, I threw this out on Saturday night. Yeah. But this, to me, is still kind of a meatball lineup because Gallo is the most traditionally sized center position. He's the biggest guy on the court. And while he's not always uh, playing there in the paint, um, they keep him pretty close to the post. Yeah. Um, so he, he, he can always kind of fill in in that role on the defensive end. And then, obviously... Um, you know, Harrell is the, I guess, offensively the traditional center in that, in that he's he's you know your lob man for sure. Uh, but to me, Gallo also can play a center role in that kind of playmaking post position. Yeah, um, yeah, I'd say this is a meatball lineup. I'd call it a meatball lineup. This this lineup was really effective. They finished plus fourteen, which is the highest plus minus of of any lineup that we uh, threw out on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And in nine point six minutes of action, this lineup averaged twenty nine, not average, that was their <laughs> total, uh, twenty nine points. Eight eight boards and seven assists, which That's great. really solid numbers. You'd like to see that rebounding obviously higher. It's kind of depressing to have a five man lineup not able to get double digit rebounds. I don't. I'd be surprised to see how many games this year anyone's had double digit rebounds on our team. Uh, Tobias has had a couple. I yeah. know for and then sure. Mike Scott had eleven a couple games ago. But it's those yeah. weird things where there's no real consistency with it. The meatball lineup. Also, if you're new to listening, meatball lineup is anytime Daniel Gallinari is playing center. That thing has proven to be good most of the time it's on the court. They yeah. pick the spots well, which I like. I just wish we would maybe see it a little more. I think it just depends. I think that part of the reason that this lineup was so successful is they were playing um, more minutes when Adams wasn't on the floor. Yeah, for sure. Um, That's so a good that, point. that definitely you know gives makes it a little bit easier. With Noel out there, it was kind of like, let's throw it out there and kind of mess up their yeah. rotations. And yeah, and like they were that. able to get Noel in, uh, into some foul trouble. Um, he didn't end up fouling out. I think he had like three personal fouls or something, but they came in fairly quick, quick succession. Yeah. Uh, so I think that this lineup, we can talk about this a little bit more in the in the preview of tonight's matchup against the Blazers, but I think that this lineup could be pretty effective against the second unit. I think that uh, Gallo and Harrell are the kind of guys who would aggravate Zach Collins, who can be kind of a difference maker yeah. on, their, on their second unit at the five. And... Yeah, I think that neutralizing that or, or uh, being able to really kind of rip open some scoring with these guys would be really solid. Um, the team played really good defense on Westbrook. Yeah. 13 points, 24% shooting, did have 12 assists. Um, but it was cool to see Avery Bradley kind of lock him down. And how much of this do you attribute to Avery Bradley locking him down? And how much of it do you attribute to just a terrible shooting night for Russell Westbrook as well? Uh, 65-35. 65 Locking being down. Avery Bradley. Yeah. 
Uh, I'd agree with that. I think that anytime you're really aggravating, um, especially a, a point guard like that, you're going to get in their head. You're going to affect their rhythm, yeah. and that's that's going to make them uh, kind of question their shot. This game was a good example of so Paul George got whatever he wanted. Yeah, <laughs> didn't matter who was on him. This was the example of what a true star can give you in a game. Definitely. Of what a top-tier max player guy can give you in a game that is close throughout and ends in only a six-point win. Yeah. Like, his 33 points, they were efficient. Like, this is what we're missing. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's so weird, too, because he's the kind of guy who I feel like almost blends into the background. For sure. I don't mean that in a bad way. I actually mean that in the best way. AD does the same thing. AD will have like 37, 12, and 8, and you're like, when the hell did that happen? Yeah, he just, he, (laughs) um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's just so complimentary that it never feels like, oh, wow, this is the Paul George show. Mm -mm. It's like, oh, I mean, I don't know. It's just just so complimentary that it's kind of hard to even quantify or keep up with. Yeah. Uh, We did not have an answer for him, which which a little bit surprises me. I would think between... Tobias and Gallo, one of them could could guard him. You'd think the strongest um, man in the league could guard Paul George. Oh, 100%. 100%. Well, you know what? Paul George wasn't bad on there in the post. He doesn't want to take Gallo <laughs> at true. that. He doesn't want him down low. Um, I guess a, a big question, Mark, that I have for this team is how can we improve on the fast break? And I mean Ooh, both ends. I don't know, uh, in this game, they doubled our amount of fast break points. It was 10 to 20. Another trend like the low post stuff. Yes. We, and, want, we lose both of those categories pretty consistently. <laughs> and I know that communication has been an issue. Uh, most of our turnovers are sadly committed in the fast break. Mm-hmm. Um, so offensively, I mean, I just think better communication is going to improve that. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like we have all the pieces in place. What I'm worried about is defensively stopping the fast break a little bit better. Is it? I mean, I don't, other than more hustle, yeah, I feel like fast break defense is so hard to figure out. It's almost like that thing where you have to have that inherent sense of how to defend it well. It seems like a very hard thing to teach. I want to yeah. say the key to stopping the fast break a little bit better is going to be Shea anytime he's on, like he's at the elbow or the nail, um, and they either turn the ball over or or even score. Yeah. Um, anytime he's not rushing back all the way from the baseline, He's got the length and he's got the legs underneath him that he should be able to intercept passes or um, so or you, you or at least cause trouble for whoever is receiving it on the fast break. More of a free safety mode in transition. In transition, yeah. I mean... Less about his specific man and more trying to kind of read where he's going to distribute the ball. Yes. I like that. And I think that that can be an issue for, for everybody on this team. They get a little ball-watchy sometimes on, yep. um, on defense, especially... Um, on the break, and I think that you got to anticipate things a little bit better. And I think that Shea, I mean, or Avery Bradley, really are like prototypical players who should be great at defending the fast break. Yeah, they offer you enough length. Um, Shea's quick. Yeah, and they, you know, they have some speed. Obviously, Bradley's gotten a little bit slower, but he's still, you know, he's still pretty quick. So I don't know. Um, I don't have a definite answer for it, but I think it's going to be a key to. I mean, making this team win more games. Yeah, really. Lou's going to be out for probably another two weeks or something like that. I think it's hard with the new defensive system. It seems like guys are still learning the new wrinkles of the defensive system. Totally. So they're waiting for certain things to happen, and then they're trying to react to it. Yeah. Because everything's so new, as opposed to anticipating those things and getting in the right place at the right time. They're almost a half second behind. So I think we see some of that ball watching and stuff by guys just being 
a millisecond too slow at calculating. Oh, and that's what all. Yeah, and do. that's all it takes in the fast yeah. break. And this, like, uh, I mean, if we had stopped a quarter of these fast break points, you're talking about <laughs> a win. win. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and if we didn't turn the ball over 26 times. Um, and I think that like Rex Kalamian is kind of the perfect guy to install a better fast break defense. Playing under Dwayne Casey, playing under these teams that that score like that thrive on the fast yeah. break uh, and that work really quick in transition, I think um, is something that we you know once again I keep saying this I feel like we have the tools it's just mm-hmm. the implementation. When does he earn the nickname Sexy Rexy? Um, when our defense isn't ranked 19th. All right, you heard it here first. He will be <laughs> Sexy Rexy as soon as we come up from the 19th spot. Overall, a pretty encouraging loss based on how we've been playing. Yeah, it was really good. And one one final positive note: um, while we did lose, while we were outscored in three quarters of this game, we outscored the Thunder 35 to 24 in the fourth. Which it, we have had trouble closing games, yep. but I thought this was really encouraging. It's also the largest point differential of any quarter for either team. And our third quarter was horrendous. We really got slapped in the face by the third quarter, which has been a problem. Um, kind of the old ugly quarter situation rearing its head. Hopefully that doesn't happen tonight. Um, coming up after this, we're going to be getting into a quick The Freshy segment, some new guys, what we want to see more of, what we're hungry for. But first, guys, if you're listening uh, to this podcast or any other Lockdown Podcast Network show, follow Lockdown Net on Twitter and Instagram. It aggregates all of the content from all the podcasts so you can get local news way quicker on Instagram. It's great. It feeds into your story, which is cool. Um, yeah, give it a follow. Lockdown Net on both Twitter and Instagram. So, welcome to The Freshies. It's fresh. We do this every Monday. We're talking new players, things we want to see more of. We're thinking of making some free Motley shirts. Yeah. Get at us if you'd be interested. Get at us if you maybe want to buy one. Um, the dude has been an absolute, if you don't, if you're unfamiliar, we're talking about Jonathan Motley, an absolute beast in the G League so far. He just won G League Player of the Week again, averaging, yeah. averaging 34, 13, and 4 this week. Heck yeah. Unbelievable. Gortat's last game, as you heard, five points on one of five shooting. Thank God for free throws. Did have eight boards, which is good, but some time needs to be taken away from Gortat. Yeah. Just throw him up there, dude. Like, that's what's kind of frustrating. This Doc's a stubborn guy sometimes. This, we've done this segment a million times talking about Jonathan Motley. This is one of the more frustrating, stubborn things that he's doing. Yeah, and we've touched a little bit. Uh, I know that they're still tweaking the defensive scheme, so I, I don't know if they're unwilling or unable even yeah. to maybe bring in a new guy who hasn't pra- practiced with the team enough. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We need we need to we need something in there. I mean, I think in our last segment, I don't know how many different things ended with um, aside from getting somebody else. I don't know what we can do about X. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just so frustrating to watch Gortat start at the center position it is <laughs> it is and i i would be fine with him keeping the center like starting position yeah i just think that we need some more people in there especially i i feel like it was a perfect time to test somebody out while montrez was in that slump i'm mm-hmm. i'm referring to it in the past tense i'm, I'm hoping nice. it's i like it. you're breaking them out of it um, i'm breaking them <laughs> out of it um so yeah i I just don't. I don't really understand the rationale. If there's any Clippers insiders out there, let us know what <laughs> you think. Um, I just don't see a reason why we're not trying this dude out five five minutes a game. Because it's also it might be one of those things where like he might re- he might be playing so well in the G League that if we don't call him up soon or at all this year, he might regress. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's playing against less obviously lesser. You're playing against lesser competition if you're averaging thirteen and three and thirteen or thirty four and thirteen. Excuse me. You're playing a sense of competition, which is fine. Keep crushing it. 
but also give them a dip into the better competition pool. Definitely. And here's like my point is that get wet with that better competition is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> is that he needs those reps. He needs those reps at the professional level yeah. to get to where I mean we want him to be. And the thing is is this year, I mean not to burst anybody's bubble. This isn't a contending squad for anything no. of of like serious merit. So I think why not get those reps in this year and then maybe we have somebody who's at least a solid rotation player next, next year. year. Yeah. When we're talking about, I mean, I, I, I think we're talking about a serious run. Yeah, for sure. And if not, the serious run isn't next year, it's the year after that when everyone has time to gel. It's like, let's just put him in there to have a good piece of the base. Um, another quick freshy thing. Is Shane a bit of a slump? Or is he just in a funk? There are two differences if you're listening. Um. Yeah. This game, he hasn't. He he, he went two, two, and two. Yeah, and I think like twenty-one minutes or twenty-four yeah. minutes. He did not play great. Um. I'm I'm hoping that he has a better night. Uh. Tonight he played. He played really well against the Blazers last time. Mm-hmm. Uh. I think he f- he finished with twelve points, two assists, and four rebounds in about 30 minutes of action. Yeah. Uh but he shot 45% from the floor, which is really solid. That mid-range jumper is going to be lo- is going to be great. I think that um I also just think that he'll be able to get that shot off a lot tonight. Let's hope. Um yeah, we'll talk about this more in the upcoming segment, but I want to see Shea either in the corner or taking those mid-range uh kind of shots just because he's going to be able to get those off even with his kind of slower release. He's got like a bit of a Hitch push. Yeah, he has like a little bit of a push in his shot, um, especially at distance. But I think that uh, he'll have no problem elevating over McCollum or Dame if they end up, anytime they end up guarding him. Yeah, that's a fantastic transition to get into our game preview. Coming up right after this, quick preview of the Trailblazers versus the Clippers. All right, so... Trailblazers versus the Clippers. Uh, we've gone one and one against the Blazers so far. Ooh, they're looking uh, good. Yeah, this is our third showing. Uh, we really don't want to fall down. Four straight games lost. Yeah, um, and we we have a tough stretch. We go Portland, Dallas, Denver. Yeah. Ugh. Um, that's a tough stretch. At least they are all home games, yes. which I think is kind of a mixed bag for the Clippers. Um, yeah, I I would agree with that. You know, I don't I don't know. We rank 29th in attendance, also. 20, I, oh, I thought it was 28th, but yeah, oh, right, yeah whatever, sure. right around there. <laughs> um, low attendance. I expect tonight to be kind of a game where maybe the visiting crowd is louder. Every game we've been to, it has been that way, except for the opener, yeah, which was great. But every other game, it's been way too much cheering when the other team scores. Yeah. So if anybody Clippers listening is fans. going tonight, show out, yeah. be loud. Uh, Bring some Theraflu or something if your throat hurts. Yeah. Um, what do we need to do to win? Um. Well... I think that our forwards, Tobio, uh, for regular listeners, need to really have a big night. They need to combine for at least 50 tonight if we want a shot at winning this game. Agreed. Um, I think that uh, physicality is going to be a big key to this game. Yeah, I think if let's we throw them off. Yeah, I think if we bring the type of like physical intensity that we bring when we play teams like OKC, when we play teams like the Grizzlies, um, of Memphis, then uh, <laughs> not the University of Montana Grizzlies. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we have a then like I think they're gonna have a hard time staying in this game. Yeah. Uh, when you rely on a backcourt of two kind of undersized, I mean I guess CJ McCollum is that undersized, but Dame definitely an undersized guard. When you're getting very physical, it's gonna wear down on those kind of guys. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be very hard for them to keep up. 
you know, their high level of explosiveness throughout four quarters if every time... Um, you're hammering them. Yeah, you're kind of hammering them. Um, so, what do you think? Like you touched on earlier, we need a Shea game. That's going to be nice. It's going to yeah. be nice to see him maybe go off for some points. Defensively, he's got a lot he's going to have to do. Yeah. Um, but hopefully that can translate. He does get his hands... You know, he kind of bothers the dribbler, which is great. The bench has to come up big. I want to see a Mike Scott game. Definitely. He's been really quiet lately. I would love to see him kind of branch out. Ty Wallace also got no minutes on Saturday, which yeah. kind of blew my mind. Very surprising. Um, So it'll be good to see that. And then... I think yeah, off boards. Offense, I mean, I think specifically offensive boards are going to be a key to this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're a top 10 rebounding team, I think. Uh yes yes they definitely are uh defensive rebounding I think they're out of the top top ten in offensive mm. rebounding um but in a limited sample size we are undefeated Woo. when we match or exceed the Blazers second chance was that points. one game uh what's that was that one game one I mean one and yeah. one <laughs> that's true um so what could what could go wrong branching off of Saturday turnovers yeah we can't play sloppy against Lillard and McCollum they'll eat us alive yeah. Um, like we said, rebounds that kind of goes in the same thing. Slow start. Is I like kill this us in this one. Yeah. Um, we're zero and one in games against the trail where the Trailblazers <laughs> outscore us by five or King more in the small first. Sample sizes. Uh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I they think always is, translate. This is the last time we play the Blazers. I'm pretty sure during the regular season. Oh wow. Correct. Sure. We might play them one more time, but I think yeah. this is the last time we play them. Um. So I feel like that's a decent enough sample size for 18 hey, and 19. I'm not against it. Uh, and then just hampering off our slow start, our inability to close as of late. Um, they've outscored us in every fourth this season that we've played. Damn. And that trend cannot continue tonight, especially in the absence of Lou Will. What won us the last game was honestly the third quarter. We were able to hold Portland to 16 points while scoring 38 points. That's what's up. Um, That'd be fantastic. So if we can have another quarter like that, this thing is as good as in the bag, in my opinion. Ooh. Um, but yeah, what, what, let's get into some key matchups. What do you got? Uh, I mean... Backcourt versus backcourt. Mm-hmm. When you're playing a team that's so backcourt heavy like they are, uh, Avery Bradley's gonna have to be as good defensively as he was on Saturday. Yeah, and maybe better offensively for us to be in this game. I think definitely. Yeah, ha- and you know the ideal Avery Bradley line is like 15 points. I don't know, four rebounds, six assists. Like that's the to me that's the perfect Avery Bradley line. I mean, I'd settle for like yeah, 12, five, and four. Yeah, anything above 10. Yeah, and I'm okay with and a positive plus minus um, would be fantastic. We mentioned Shea's going to have to do a lot defensively tonight. I hope that doesn't kind of gas him out. Because if we have to play Milos against this team for a lot of minutes, I think we'll get killed. Um, Yeah, that would be he pretty... He can't play defense. Yeah, that that would be pretty difficult. Um, um, what do you got for a matchup? I got uh, forward thinking. I'm calling it. Okay. Uh, so Tobias and Gallo, I know I've been talking about them all day. Tobio. This is a great matchup for them. Uh, Mo Harkless and... Which, uh, real quick, we'll put Mo Harkless into the notes and he accidentally made it say Mo Harmless. <laughs> but if Mo Harkless has a bad game, he's Mo Harmless from here on out. And Al Farouk Aminu, who uh, neither of these guys can even come close to matching like the, the offensive output no. of Tobias and Gallo. So these two guys, I mean, like they're going to need to exploit... Um, 
exploit these guys as much as they can. Yes. Um, these guys are tr- like more traditional size, so they are a little bit harder defensively, but it shouldn't be a problem for like the high-octane scoring of either Tobias or Gallo. And I actually think that like as important as our bench plan- play is going to be, their bench is sneaky good. Yeah, so is. I actually ex- think the outcome of this game is going to be heavily tied to the point differential that these two can create against their starters. That'd be fantastic. Um, Gortat versus Nurk is another one. I want to see Gortat, I guess, try and frustrate Nurk, do anything to get off his offensive rhythm. I don't know if he can do that. He's been better on the boards lately, but we're going to have to see so much effort tonight. Um, and then you put, real quick, Zach Collins versus foul trouble. Yeah, last time Zach Collins was a high-impact player. Uh, he did foul out, and I think that it, I mean, not I think, it was definitely <laughs> a key to our success in winning. And just, um, so I, I, I expect guys like uh, Trez to give him trouble. Maybe they throw Boban out there at Meatball him. I think that that's... Meatball lineup would be great. <laughs> Tell you one thing, he doesn't um, want to see old meatball down low. <laughs> he, he does not. <laughs> and then I just wanted to t- pepper in there. Sweet milk of the threes. Uh, <laughs> okay. The blazer, the Blazers allow about a 38% on threes, mm-hmm. which is really freaking solid. Like, yeah. So I think that we should be taking those looks at threes. I, I hope that somebody like Mike Scott or even Avery Bradley um, can have a solid game if they're allowed some high percentage looks. Yeah, I'd like to see at least 30 team threes tonight. That'd be a great thing. Yeah, um, definitely. Taken. I mean, made would be great too, but just taken. What's your prediction? Uh, I'm going 115 to 112 Clippers. I am going to go 120, 118 Clippers. All right. Close game either way. Yeah, it's gonna. I think this one's gonna be a really close game. Uh, if you're going to the game, be loud tonight, guys. Tomorrow, uh, we will have a recap of the hopeful victory against the Trailblazers. Checking in on Clippers Twitter on Twitter Tuesdays. We will be live streaming tomorrow, so shoot us some questions and just some general NBA talk. Yeah, I'm William, the Opinion Update. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I'm Positive Talk Mockler. See you tomorrow.